section forty one of the cloister and the hearth this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the cloister and the hearth by charles reed chapter thirty eight outside the town they found the snow fresh trampled by innumerable wolves every foot of the road we did well to take the old man's advice Donya. ay did we for now i think aunt i did hear them last night scurrying under our window and howling and whining for man's flesh in yon market-place but no fat burger did pity the poor vagabonds and drop out a window gerard smiled but with an air of abstraction and they plodded on in silence what dost meditate so profoundly thy goodness donya was anything but pleased at this answer amongst his oddities you may have observed that he could stand a great deal of real impertinence he was so good-humoured but would fire up now and then where not even the shadow of a ground for anger existed a civil question merits a civil reply said he very dryly alas i meant no other said gerard then why pretend you were thinking of my goodness when you know i have no goodness under my skin had another said this i had answered thou liest but to thee i say hast no eye for men's qualities but only for women's and once more i do defy thy unreasonable collar and say i was thinking on thy goodness of overnight wouldst have wedded me to the tete d'or or rather to the tete de vaudore and left thyself solitary oh are ye there lad said donya recovering his good humour in a moment well but to speak sooth i meant that not for goodness but for friendship and true fellowship no more and let me tell you my young master my conscience it pricketh me even now for letting you turn your back thus on fortune and peaceful days a truer friend than i had ta'en and somewhat hamstrung thee then hadst thou been fain to lie smarting at the tet door a month or so yon skittish lass had nursed thee tenderly and all had been well blade i had in hand to do it but remembering how thou hatest pain though it be but a scratch my craven heart it failed me at the pinch and donya wore a look of humble apology for his lack of virtuous resolution when the path of duty lay so clear gerard raised his eyebrows with astonishment at this monstrous but thoroughly characteristic revelation however this new and delicate point of friendship was never discussed viz whether one ought in all love to cut the tendon achilles of one's friend for an incident interposed here cometh one in our rear a-riding on his neighbour's mule shouted donya gerard turned round and how know ye tis not his own pray 
oh blind because he rides it with no discretion and in truth the man came galloping like a fury but what astonished the friends most was that on reaching them the rustic rider's eyes opened saucer-like and he drew the rein so suddenly and powerfully that the mule stuck out her forelegs and went sliding between the pedestrians like a four-legged table on casters i trow ye are from the tet door they assented which of ye is the younger he that was born the later said Donya, winking at his companion gramercy for the news come divine then and shall thy beard is ripe thy fellows is green he shall be the younger here youngster and he held him out a paper packet ye left this at the ted door and our mistress sends it ye nay good fellow methinks i left naught and gerard felt his pouch etc would ye make our burgess a liar said the rustic reproachfully and shall i have no pour boire still more reproachfully and came ventre a terre nay thou shalt have pour boire and he gave him a small coin a la bonne heure cried the clown and his features beamed with disproportionate joy the virgin go with ye come up jenny and back he went stomach to earth as his nation is pleased to call it gerard undid the packet it was about six inches square and inside it he found another packet which contained a packet and so on at the fourth he hurled the whole thing into the snow donya took it out and rebuked his petulance he excused himself on the ground of hating affectation donya attested the great toe of the little daughter of herodias there was no affectation here but only woman's good wit doubtless the wraps contained something which out of delicacy or her sex's lovely cunning she would not her hind should see her bestow on a young man thy garter to wit i wear none her own then or lock of her hair what is this a piece of raw silk fresh from the worm well of all the love tokens now who but thee ever dreamed that she is so naught as send me love tokens i saw no harm in her barring her hands stay here is something hard lurking in this soft nest come forth i say little nestling saints and pike staves look at this it was a gold ring with a great amethyst glowing and sparkling full-coloured but pure as crystal how lovely said gerard innocently and here is something writ read it thou i read not so glib as some when i know not the matter beforehand gerard took the paper tis a posy and fairly enough writ he read the lines blushing like a girl they were very naive and may be thus englished youth with thee my heart is fled come back to the golden head wilt not yet this token keep of her who doeth thy going weep gift the world prove harsh and cold come back to the head of gold the little dove purred donya 
the great owl to go and risk her good name thus however thank heaven she has played this prank with an honest lad that will ne'er expose her folly but oh the perverseness could she not bestow her nauseousness on thee donna sighed and shrugged on thee that art as ripe for folly as herself donna confessed that his young friend had harped his very thought twas passing strange to him that a damsel with eyes in her head should pass by a man and bestow her affections on a boy still he could not but recognize in this the bounty of nature boys were human beings after all and but for this occasional caprice of women their lot would be too terrible they would be out of the sun altogether blighted and never come to anything since only the fair could make a man out of such unpromising materials as a boy gerard interrupted this flattering discourse to beg the warrior philosopher's acceptance of the lady's ring he refused it flatly and insisted on gerard going back to the tete door at once ring and all like a man and not letting a poor girl hold out her arms to him in vain her hands you mean her hand with the tete door in it failing in this he was for putting the ring on his friend's finger gerard declined i wear a ring already what that sorry jim crack why tis pewter or tin at best and this virgin gold for by the jewel ay but twas margaret gave me this one and i value it above rubies i'll neither part with it nor give it a rival and he kissed the base metal and bade it fear naught i see the owl hath sent her ring to a goose said donna sorrowfully however he prevailed on gerard to fasten it inside his bonnet to this indeed the lad consented very readily for sovereign qualities were universally ascribed to certain jewels and the amethyst ranked high among these precious talismans when this was disposed of gerard earnestly requested his friend to let the matter drop since speaking of the other sex to him made him pine so for margaret and almost unmanned him with the thought that each step was taking him farther from her i am no general lover donna there is room in my heart for one sweetheart and for one friend i am far from my dear mistress and my friend a few leagues more and i must lose him too oh let me drink thy friendship pure while i may and not dilute with any of these stupid females and shalt honeypot and shalt said donna kindly but as to my leaving thee at remiremont reckon thou not on that for three consecutive oaths if i do nay i shall propose to thee to stay forty-eight hours there while i kiss my mother and sisters and the females generally and on go you and i together to the sea donna 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 nor me tis subtle gainsay me not or i'll go with thee to rome why not his holiness the pope hath ever some little merry pleasant war toward and a burgundian soldier is still welcome in his ranks on this gerard opened his heart donna ere i fell in with thee i used often to halt on the road unable to go farther my puny heart so pulled me back and then after a short prayer to the saints for aid would i rise and drag my most unwilling body onward but since i joined company with thee great is my courage i have found the saying of the ancients true that better is a bright comrade 
on a weary road than a horse litter and dear brother when i do think of what we have done and suffered together saves to my life from the bear and from yet more savage thieves and even poor i did make shift to draw thee out of rhine and somehow loved thee double from that hour how many ties tender and strong between us had i my will i'd never 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 part with my donya on this side the grave well a day god his will be done no my will shall be done this time shouted donya le bon dieu has bigger fish to fry than you or me i'll go with thee to rome there's my hand on it think what you say tis impossible tis too selfish of me i tell thee tis settled no power can change me at remiremont i borrow ten pieces of my uncle and on we go tis fixed they shook hands over it then gerard said nothing for his heart was too full but he ran twice round his companion as he walked and danced backwards in front of him and finally took his hand and so on they went hand in hand like sweethearts till a company of mounted soldiers about fifty in number rose to sight on the brow of a hill see the banner of burgundy said donya joyfully i shall look out for a comrade among these how gorgeous is the standard in the sun said gerard and how brave are the leaders with velvet and feathers and steel breastplates like glassy mirrors when they came near enough to distinguish faces donya uttered an exclamation why tis the bastard of burgundy as i live nay then there is fighting afoot since he is out a gallant leader gerard rates his life no higher than a private soldier's and a soldier's no higher than a tomtit's and that is the captain for me and see donya the very mules with their great brass frontlets and trappings seem proud to carry them no wonder men itch to be soldiers and in the midst of this innocent admiration the troop came up with them halt cried a stentorian voice the troop halted the bastard of burgundy bent his brow gloomily on donya how now our balestrier how comes it thy face is turned southward when every good hand and heart is hurrying northward donya replied respectfully that he was going on leave after some years of service to see his kindred at remiremont good but this is not the time for it the duchy is disturbed ho bring that dead soldier's mule to the front and thou mount her and forward with us to flanders so please your highness said donya firmly that may not be my home is close at hand i have not seen it these three years and above all i have this poor youth in charge whom i may not cannot leave till i see him shipped for rome dost bandy words with me said the chief with amazement turning fast to wrath art weary of thy life let go the youth's hand and into the saddle without more idle words donya made no reply but he held gerard's hand the tighter and looked defiance at this the bastard roared jarnac dismount six of thy archers and shoot me this white-livered cur dead where he stands for an example the young count de jarnac second in command gave the order and the men dismounted to execute it 
strip him naked said the bastard in the cold tone of military business and put his arms and accoutrements on the spare mule we'll maybe find some clown worthier to wear them Donya groaned aloud am i to be shamed as well as slain oh nay 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 cried gerard awaking from the stupor into which this thunderbolt of tyranny had thrown him he shall go with you on the instant i'd liever part with him for ever than see a hair of his dear head harmed oh sir oh my lord give a poor boy but a minute to bid his only friend farewell he will go with you i swear he shall go with you the stern leader nodded a cold contemptuous assent thou jarnac stay with them and bring him on alive or dead forward and he resumed his march followed by all the band but the young count and six archers one of whom held the spare mule Donya and gerard gazed at one another haggardly oh what a look and after this mute interchange of anguish they spoke hurriedly for the moments were flying by thou goest to holland thou knowest where she bides tell her all she will be kind to thee for my sake oh sorry tale that i shall carry her for god's sake go back to the ted door i am mad hush let me think have i naught to say to thee Donya? my head my head ah i have it make for the rhine gerard strasbourg tis but a step and down the current to rotterdam margaret is there i go thither i'll tell her thou art coming we shall all be together my lads hasty or you will get us into trouble said the count firmly but not harshly now oh sir one moment one little moment panted gerard cursed be the land i was born in cursed be the race of man and he that made them what they are screamed Anya hush Donya, hush blaspheme not oh god forgive him he wots not what he says be patient Donya, be patient though we meet no more on earth let us meet in a better world where no blasphemer may enter to my heart lost friend for what are words now he held out his arms and they locked one another in a close embrace they kissed one another again and again speechless and the tears rained down their cheeks and the count jarnac looked on amazed but the rougher soldiers to whom comrade was a sacred name looked on with some pity in their hard faces then at a signal from jarnac with kind force and words of rude consolation they almost lifted Donya on to the mule and putting him in the middle of them spurred after their leader and gerard ran wildly after for the lane turned to see the very last of him and the last glimpse he caught Donya was rocking to and fro on his mule and tearing his hair out but at this sight something rose in gerard's throat so high so high he could run no more nor breathe but gasped and leaned against the snow-clad hedge seizing it and choking piteously the thorns ran into his hand after a bitter struggle he got his breath again and now began to see his own misfortune yet not all at once to realize it so sudden and numbing was the stroke he staggered on but scarce feeling or caring whither he was going and every now and then he stopped and his arms fell and his head sank on his chest and he stood motionless then he said to himself can this thing be 
this must be a dream tis scarce five minutes since we were so happy walking handed faring to rome together and we admired them and their gay banners and helmets oh hearts of hell all nature seemed to stare now as lonely as himself not a creature in sight no colour but white he the ghost of his former self wandered alone among the ghosts of trees and fields and hedges desolate 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 all was desolate he knelt and gathered a little snow nay i dream not for this is snow cold as the world's heart it is bloody too what may that mean fool tis from thy hand i mind not the wound i i see thorns welcome kindly foes i felt ye not ye ran not into my heart ye are not cruel like men he had risen and was dragging his leaden limbs along when he heard horses feet and gay voices behind him he turned with a joyful but wild hope that the soldiers had relented and were bringing donya back but no it was a gay cavalcade a gentleman of rank and his favourites in velvet and furs and feathers and four or five armed retainers in buff jerkins they swept gaily by gerard never looked at them after they were gone by certain gay shadows had come and passed that was all he was like one in a dream but he was rudely wakened suddenly a voice in front of him cried harshly stand and deliver and there were three of the gentlemen's servants in front of him they had ridden back to rob him how ye false knaves said he quite calmly would ye shame your noble master he will hang ye to the nearest tree and with these words he drew his sword doggedly and set his back to the hedge one of the men instantly levelled his petronel at him but another less sanguinary interposed be not so hasty and be not thou so mad look yonder gerard looked and scarce a hundred yards off the nobleman and his friends had halted and sat on their horses looking at the lawless act too proud to do their own dirty work but not too proud to reap the fruit and watch lest their agents should rob them of another man's money the milder servant then a good-natured fellow showed gerard resistance was vain reminded him common thieves often took the life as well as the purse and assured him it cost a mint to be a gentleman his master had lost money at play overnight and was going to visit his leman and so must take money where he saw it therefore good youth consider that we rob not for ourselves and deliver us that fat purse at thy girdle without more ado nor put us to the pain of slitting thy throat and taking it all the same this knave is right said gerard calmly aloud but to himself i ought not to fling away my life margaret would be so sorry take then the poor man's purse to the rich man's pouch and with it this tell him i pray the holy trinity each coin in it may burn his hand and freeze his heart and blast his soul for ever be gone and leave me to my sorrow he flung them the purse they rode away muttering for his words pricked them a little a very little and he staggered on penniless now as well as friendless till he came to the edge of a wood then though his heart could hardly feel this second blow his judgment did and he began to ask himself what was the use going further he sat down 
on the hard road and ran his nails into his hair and tried to think for the best a task all the more difficult that a strange drowsiness was stealing over him rome he could never reach without money donya had said go to strasburg and down the rhine home he would obey donya but how to get to strasburg without money then suddenly seemed to ring in his ears gift the world prove harsh and cold come back to the head of gold and if i do i must go as her servant i who am margaret's i am a weary a weary i will sleep and dream all is as it was ah me how happy were we an hour agone we little knew how happy there is a house the owner well-to-do would if i told him my wrong and prayed his aid to retrieve my purse and so to rhyme fool is he not a man like the rest he would scorn me and trample me lower donya cursed the race of men that will i never but oh i begin to loathe and dread them nay here will i lie till sunset then darkling creep into this rich man's barn and take by stealth a draught of milk or a handful of grain to keep body and soul together god who hath seen the rich rob me will peradventure forgive me they say tis ill sleeping on the snow death steals on such sleepers with muffled feet and honey breath but what can i i am aweary aweary shall this be the wood where lie the wolves yon old man spoke of i must e'en trust them they are not men and i am so aweary he crawled to the roadside and stretched out his limbs on the snow with a deep sigh ah tear not thine hair so teareth my heart to see thee margaret never see me more poor margaret and the too tender heart was still and the constant lover and friend of antique mould lay silent on the snow in peril from the weather in peril from wild beasts in peril from hunger friendless and penniless in a strange land and not halfway to rome End of section forty one